This episode brought to you by Alert Communications. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5568. Welcome to the AVA Journal Legal Rebels podcast, where we talk to men and women who are remaking the legal profession, changing the way the law is practiced, and setting standards that will guide us into the future. Welcome. I'm your host, Lyle Moran. My guest today is Don Fancher, a principal in Deloitte's legal business services practice in the U.S., Don also serves as the global leader for Deloitte Forensic. During this episode, we will discuss the launch of the global accounting giant's U.S. legal business services operation. Additionally, we will touch on the regulatory reforms underway in the American legal industry. Don, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Lyle. It's great to be here today. Well, Don, I thought you could start out sharing why Deloitte decided to launch a legal business services practice in the U.S. Sure, Lyle. You know, we've been working with legal departments for decades, uh, like we have with many parts of different organizations. And over the years, we've assisted our clients in that space with a variety of different efforts. And really, as we've seen changes occurring through different departments of the organizations that we serve, over time, it became very apparent that those changes are coming to and have come to the legal departments. So when you look historically at what IT departments have gone through, HR departments, the finance departments, we've been very integral in helping those components of our business clients shift, change, and transform the way they operate. And that's really where our law, uh, law department clients are today. They're seeing a significant amount of need as well as opportunity to expand their presence within their organizations, shift and change the way that they operate, enhance uh, the attorneys within the legal departments and the roles that they play, and take advantage of technology and other means for transformation. So for Deloitte, this is core to our business and core to how we help our clients and seeing that opportunity for our legal departments and uh, wanting to be there to help them through this journey is a, a big reason why we started the legal business services practice. Now, was there any thought of delaying the launch of the legal business services practice due to COVID or did Deloitte feel that the pandemic made such services all the more needed? Actually, that's absolutely right, Lyle. COVID-19 really does seem to have accelerated the need for transformation. And there's a lot of drivers for that, uh, and we can get into it if you'd like, but ultimately, uh, it actually made sense to launch. We had a plan to launch at this point in time, even pre-COVID. So this is not something that we just uh, decided to jump into over a short period of time. Uh, myself and Dan Lang, who's my co-leader here in the United States around legal business services, have been talking and building the strategy for, uh, for this um, for well over 12 to even 18 months. But the timing was fortuitous because our clients are seeing a big need to change the way they do business, to change the way they change the, the services they provide to their own clients within their organizations. And so clearly, uh, the timing was appropriate uh, in all reality because COVID has just accelerated so much for all of us. Now, what would you say are some of the main services that Deloitte's you know, legal business practice is providing to clients uh, so far? We're really looking at 
transformation across a variety of efforts, Lyle. Uh, clearly, when you look at the human capital or talent-related issues that legal departments are facing, there's a big opportunity to shift and change the way that talent is being utilized. And as a part of that, and as a part of the operations as a whole, technology becomes a real key in being able to drive that level of success. So how can we take repeatable services or uh, tasks that attorneys are, are performing on a regular basis that may not be as high a value as other opportunities that they could pursue? You know, drafting of contracts or reviewing contracts. They're doing a lot of that by hand. How can we take other methodologies, technology, or even alternative legal case providers and the like to perform a lot of those services and then shift and change the focus and the direction of the attorneys within the legal department to provide more strategic and value-added services to the organization. Some are, are things that we've been doing for a long time, but it's accelerated, for example, around legal entity management. Large organizations that have a global footprint have a lot of regulatory pressure, a lot of tax-related issues, a lot of challenges that they need to make sure they're maximizing the way that their entities are internally structured. And so we assist with them with, with that process. Certainly spend is a big issue as well. So legal spend management, helping to understand where the spend is occurring, how you can create better efficiencies in your practices and your processes, how can you reduce spend that's a big component of, of things that we're doing as well. Uh, I mentioned legal outsourcing. There certainly is that opportunity to, to drive uh, better capabilities and opportunities to, to assist in that regard. One of the big areas is data management. Uh, and this is true for organizations as a whole, but legal departments are really at the core of so much important data within an organization and contracts specifically. Contracts are in many ways a lifeline to an organization. They're, they're the arteries for how an organization ultimately performs, what their responsibilities are, where their risks might reside. And so using technology and, uh, and better capabilities around process to effect the understanding of contracts and agreements and really just broader sets of data and using data analytics and artificial intelligence to, to better aggregate that data and then understand what the data really means. So all of these are different services we provide and we can do it in a lot of different ways. We can do it in ways that are more of a managed service where we're really taking control of some of those operating functions. Uh, or we can do it on a on a task by task basis as needed for uh, for our clients to better improve efficiency and be, become more effective in the way they serve their clients within their own organization. Great. Well, um, technology was certainly one area where I wanted to delve into um, a little further. And you know, I saw that Deloitte did a legal operations survey that found in the legal sector there's a minimal use of automation. And I know you touched on that a little bit, but what are some other areas um, or key areas where Deloitte would advise firms to automate? Well, one of the first things I would say on that, Lyle, is I don't believe there's actually a lack of technology that has been presented to and even purchased by legal departments. They have a lot of technology in place. The big challenge that we find is it hasn't been implemented as well as it could have been. There hasn't been the change management process that really needs to occur in order for the legal department and frankly, the business unit leaders and the, and the businesses that the legal department serve to understand the value of that technology and how they can use the technology and to really be comfortable with adopting the technology. So 
That's one of the misnomers, I think, right now is that everybody thinks the legal department is behind in taking advantage of technology. And to some degree, perhaps they are, but it's not because they haven't bought the technology or utilized the technology. It's they haven't necessarily understood fully how to best implement it. So that's a good thing for legal departments because while there's been a fair amount of spend and additional spend is probably necessary, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to start over and completely you know, ditch anything that they've already been provided or that they've already purchased. But to specifically to your question as to the areas where some of the biggest opportunities are, I'm going to go back to contract lifecycle management as one of those really key areas because contracts are so important to an organization. Really being able to automate your contracts, understand the negotiation process, and putting more power in the hands of businesses, the business units, for example, in how the everyday levels of determination around contract terms, clauses, and the like uh, the more you can put that in the hands of the businesses, the, the more efficient it becomes, the faster to market that you can be. And then you just leave the bigger, more important decisions that need to get elevated to come up to the legal department as a whole. There's also so much of an opportunity to tie your contracts and the information within your contracts to other enterprise systems within the organization. And technology is not completely there yet, but we're moving in a direction where being able to tie the contract system to enterprise financial systems or inter inventory control systems are some real opportunities to not only better understand the contracts, but understand the risks that come with the contracts, as well as the opportunities that come with the contracts. And so those are all areas that are really important. One of the big areas of potential for legal departments is workflow management. So that's another area where I believe technology will over time become very important. And this is again, what you've seen in the IT department, you've seen it in the HR department, you've seen it in the finance department, where they've really begun to determine and disaggregate the level of activities that those departments follow. So, you know, in, in a simple term, it's a ticketing system. And so IT departments have a ticketing system. So every time you have some sort of a, an issue you need to deal with in technology, a ticket is created, you're able to follow the tasks that are occurring around that ticket. And then ultimately, what is the resolution of that ticket? You've got an audit trail. And, and you can, by virtue of that, determine the timing around all of the actions that take place. That's not something that has historically been done within legal departments. Uh, legal departments tend to operate in a very bespoke manner. Every situation that they deal with has some level of uniqueness, but the more that you can disaggregate the activities that your attorneys are following, the better that you can then understand the systematic processes or the repeatable tendencies, and then take that and use technology to, uh, to create, you know, whether it's chatbots or RPA or anything of that nature, begin to move that out of the realm of responsibility day to day for your attorneys. And again, that frees them up to go do things that they, they actually went to law school for, the things that they really want to be able to do, driving more strategy and the like. And so you're able to take those repeatable tasks and automate them. And so I do see workflow management as the next big wave for legal departments, much as it's already occurred in other parts of these organizations. Great. Now, you mentioned the challenge of implementation. You know, how can Deloitte help legal departments move from having the technology to actually utilizing it day to day? It's done by working really closely with our clients, first of all. 
Uh, it's got to be a partnership. Uh, it's a partnership between the service provider, in this case, Deloitte, the attorneys. If you are implementing technology, then the technology provider, assuming there might be a third party, they need to be a big part of this process as well. But what I find is a lot of stakeholder involvement at the outset, whether you do that with interviews or surveys or just sitting down in meetings, uh, whether it's a Zoom meeting as we are in today with this COVID world or someday when we get back to being in person, but really understanding the people that are going to be impacted by this. What are their opportunities? What are their fears? What are their concerns? And then from that, you begin to develop playbooks. And we've got a lot of experience with this, again, because we've done this through other parts of organizations. So building out those playbooks, understanding the roadmap that needs to be followed, and bringing everybody that has to participate in that process along for the journey. Uh, it really, at the end of the day, is about helping them to understand the benefit and the opportunity and getting their buy-in to that, to that overall effort. So, you know, really for Deloitte, it's, it's we've, how we've done this in the past and applying those same learnings and the tools that we have and the coordinated process with our clients uh, to share the journey with them and uh, help them to see success at the end of that journey. And how would you say the legal business services practice has been received in the U.S. so far? Well, it's been very positive. Uh, we had a number of conversations with our clients, chief legal officers, associate general counsel, uh, chief legal operations officers, which has certainly been uh, something we've seen in the last five years, a significant increase in that particular role within legal departments. And so uh, it's been very widely accepted to say that it's you know, fully implemented and, you know, from our own services and being able to uh, truly drive everything that we want to. Of course, that's going to take time because this is a shift. It's a change and it's a transformation and transformation doesn't happen overnight. In fact, the best transformations do tend to take some time because absent that time, you make mistakes. But the reaction has been very positive. And Deloitte's not the only uh, firm that's out here doing this. This is, this is a trend that we're seeing overall. And I think that's a good thing because I think it, uh, it's bringing more attention to the need for change, the need for transformation. When you look at different organizations, whether it be uh, the ACC or CLOCK and others that are also bringing more uh, to this particular issue and creating more opportunities for people to discuss and think through the, the, the value that these changes can bring. You know, we're, we're one of those providers. We're excited to be there. And uh, I think our clients are excited to see a global player like Deloitte uh, really uh, bring our services to bear. And, uh, and we're excited about it. Great. Well, we'll be back after a short break. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com LTN. Welcome back to my conversation with Don Fancher, a principal in Deloitte's legal business services practice in the U.S., Don, speaking of Deloitte Legal, it, you know, it was recently reported that Deloitte had agreed to purchase UK law firm Kemp Little. You know, what could you share about the significance of that transaction? 
Well, let me start by saying, Lyle, and um, probably goes without saying that Deloitte does not provide legal services here in the United States. That would not be allowed. The regulatory bodies don't allow that at this point. And so uh, we do have a legal practice outside of the United States. And the UK is one of those areas where we've made a lot of efforts to grow that legal practice in just the last couple of years, because as you well know, and many of our listeners would know, the UK has relaxed their regulatory rules uh, in the last several years. The goal for our UK legal practice, and really Deloitte Legal globally, is to try to change the way that legal services are provided overall. We, we call it new law. I think that's actually a bit of an old term at this point because it's not really that new anymore. We're here. But you know, really the goal is to bring together the consultative capabilities of a Deloitte, the technology understanding of a Deloitte, and in the UK and elsewhere in Europe and, and Asia, also add the legal skill sets to to the way that we serve our clients. So really for, for those, uh, those jurisdictions, it's not that different from what we've been talking about uh, here over the last 15 or 20 minutes in the transformation issues and the way that we're thinking about legal business services in the U.S., but it really just adds the additional component of actual legal uh, support and legal representation, which we can't do here in the U.S. That particular acquisition, which Michael Castle is the leader of our U.K. legal practice, and Michael came to us from Allen Overy, and he came to Deloitte for that very reason. He wanted to do something different and, and wanted to be able to bring a more consultative approach to the way that law is practiced in the U.K. and beyond. And that particular acquisition is just further support of other moves that we've made to bring more technology resources, now bringing very innovative legal resources. It's a firm that is known to be innovative and to use technology in the way that, uh, in the way that they drive legal services. And so I think it just enhances what we're doing in the UK from a law practice perspective, as well as a broader consultative perspective and, uh, I know that uh, Michael and the team there are very excited to have uh, have that firm join us. And I did see that uh, Kemp Little is known to be a tech savvy firm. Do you think that made you know the acquisition particularly enticing to Deloitte? It was certainly one of the components. I I think that there were a number of issues that made Kemp Little uh, be attractive to Deloitte. But yes, as I said, we're looking to bring a, a broader array of services, which clearly includes technology as one of the uh, templates or one of the toolkits that we can can add to our services. And uh, that reputation that they have and the fact that they actually uh, they deliver on that promise is uh, certainly enticing and I think was a, uh, at least one of the drivers for Michael and others in making that acquisition. Great. And Don, you mentioned how you know, the UK obviously has opened up the legal market to, you know, alternative business structures and the like. Um, you know, here in the US, there's now a big push by some states to open up their legal marketplaces and uh, pursue different regulatory reforms. Um, I know Utah, Arizona, you know, both moving forward with the concept of non-lawyer ownership in investment law firms. Um, you know, how does Deloitte view these early developments in the US? We're certainly paying attention to them because it's important to our clients. Uh, we actually do a tremendous amount of work with law firms here in the U.S. Uh, as you mentioned at the outset, I lead our forensic practice, which is our forensic financial crime, litigation support, discovery. So we do a tremendous amount of work with our law firm clients. And so 
these are issues that are that are happening in the industry that are important to our legal department clients as well as to our law firm clients. So we certainly pay attention. As it relates to our own strategy, at this point, it doesn't really impact that strategy. As I said, this is something Dan Lang and I and, and others of our leaders have been working on for over 18 months. And if and when the regulatory changes occur, then we'll adapt to those changes as appropriate. And uh, if we see business opportunities, we will certainly address those opportunities and pursue those opportunities. But right now, other than paying attention to it, understanding some of the drivers, which, you know, access to justice is one of the certainly one of the drivers that both Arizona, Utah, California has talked about it. New York has most recently talked about it. That's actually really important to us at Deloitte. We've done a lot of pro bono work in the last several years, helping not-for-profit organizations that focus on access to justice and running analytics and understanding uh, the dynamics that can help improve that, not just from a legal perspective, but from a business perspective. And so uh, there are important points for us. We pay attention to it. But right now, we're very focused on all of the other areas and capabilities that we can provide to our clients uh, around our legal business services and helping with that transformation that we've already talked about. So is Deloitte generally supportive of additional states, you know, examining whether to open up their legal marketplaces or is it more you're just observing and don't have a, you know, a support or kind of opposed position whether states should move forward with this? It really is a neutral position, Lyle. We're sitting back, uh, we're watching, we're looking to take care of our clients in every way possible in the areas where we currently operate. And as, as I said, if those regulatory changes occur, then we'll pivot and adjust as appropriate. But right now, uh, we don't really have an opinion one way or the other. Okay. And I know, um, you know, I guess just kind of one last question on this front. Arizona, I think it's going to be you know, starting to accept applications soon for alternative business structures. Utah has a sandbox in place. Should we anticipate seeing any applications from Deloitte for these opportunities or not at this time? I'm not aware of any any plans to do that at this time, Lyle. Not, not right now. Okay, great. Now, uh, Don, one of the things we talked about earlier um, and, you know, I touched on a little bit was, you know, the need for legal departments, law firms to cut back during COVID-19 to find efficiencies. Um, you know, I was hoping you could share a little bit about what ways you're seeing some legal clients attempt to cut costs at this time. It's it's happening in a lot of different ways. And I think, Lyle, obviously, like most situations, each organization is unique. And so they're having to look at their own unique structure. Uh, I have some clients that are seeing an overall restructuring of the organization as a whole. And so that's a situation where the legal department is looking to see how they need to shift and adjust the way they serve their clients. Others are really looking to see how they can expand what their people are doing. And I, I'm not seeing a lot of cuts. I'm not seeing a situation where legal de departments are actually cutting heads. What I am seeing is a shifting of responsibility. And, you know, one of those would be to alternative legal service providers. And I think that certainly we've seen in the conversations we've had, uh, the survey that we recently um, put out there, that there is an anticipation that our law department clients will look to alternative legal service providers as an opportunity to cut costs by moving contract negotiation processes 
uh, out of their interior efforts. I've had some clients that are very focused on intellectual property that are looking for ways that they can outsource some of the drafting of patents, believe it or not. Uh, what technologies can they use to, if not outsource it, expedite the process? Because patent uh, applications, for example, have a certain level of repeatability to them. They certainly get very specific when you get into claims, but are there certain areas where we can use natural language processing? Can we use natural language generation to actually uh, create those kind of documents? Likewise, and I've already talked about contract lifecycle management, there's no doubt an increase in interest in seeing how uh, technology in that regard can create a more efficient business as usual process. You know, some of the more practical side of things, those are kind of those transformative things. I will tell you, one of the things that I see is uh, just a, an effort to try to reduce litigation costs. One of the interesting things, at least in certain industries that I've seen, is an increase in litigation, not surprisingly, because you're looking at supply chain disruptions, you're looking at uh, inability to provide certain services because of COVID, you're looking at employee-related issues that you're having to deal with. And so there has been an increase in litigation, but there hasn't necessarily been as much of an increase in uh, lengthy pursuit of that litigation. So clients are settling uh, pretty quickly. We actually saw this in the financial crisis back in 2008, 2009, and then for two or three years following that, just a, a lack of interest in spending a ton of money on litigation unless it was really, really important. And so um, I think we're even seeing from a practical perspective some efforts to reduce costs in that regard. Uh, legal spend management is something that's been discussed for a long period of time, and some clients have done a pretty good job, or some organizations have done a pretty good job of reducing their cost, but it's been by pretty traditional measures. Let's just reduce the number of law firms in our panel. Uh, let's look for some level of managed services. I think we're seeing a definite increase in those activities, but also just a more specific assessment of what our legal spend is and how can we reduce that. And for the first time that I can recall, chief legal officers are actually willing to sit down and talk about workflow and understanding what their people do in a better way, and then changing the methodology, using technology where they can, and working differently with their outside uh, law firms, uh, their law firm providers. You know, that's a big key important part of this process as well. And while Deloitte's and other of the big four and others are driving into this business, uh, I don't want to give the impression that we can do so without being connected to our, our law firm uh, relationships and to the law firms that serve our corporate clients, because they're a big part of this effort as well. And so I think that coordination, more conversation, uh, really getting people aligned on the long-term uh, opportunities around how to cut costs, but improve process, I think those are all really important and we're seeing more of that dialogue. And, and so it's, uh, it's a variety of factors, but uh, they're all being considered. And are you anticipating that this increased reliance on alternative legal services providers will continue even, you know, after COVID-19? I believe it will. And listen, I think many of the things that we're dealing with uh, as a result of COVID-19 are going to continue even after we get past the pandemic. And we will get past this pandemic. And a lot of things will return to normal. But organizations have been through crises before. And one of the great things about a crisis is it exposes opportunities if you're willing to really look for them. And I think there's no doubt that our uh, legal departments and CLOs and other parts of the business 
are going to react and respond accordingly. So uh, there's no doubt that I believe you will continue to see the use of a, uh, alternative legal service providers. One thing to keep in mind, though, Lyle, is when I talk about alternative legal service providers, especially going forward, it's not just the old traditional method of let's just outsource from a people perspective. So I used to have 100 attorneys in-house. Now I'm going to go you know, use 50 outsourcing attorneys in India to go do the same thing. I believe it really is going to be that connection between, and it's a bit of an overused phrase, but it works here, people, process, and technology. What people do we need? What people do we need internally? What people do we need externally that we can outsource? What process do we need to follow to make sure that we're efficient? And what technology can we use to support that process and to support those people? That combination of efforts and thinking holistically about that as opposed to just you know, one of those three components will be very, very important. And I think that is what you will see as we come out of COVID-19. ALSPs that are also tech savvy and able to bring technology to the discussion or create an ecosystem with technology and the legal departments, that's where you'll have success. Right. And, you know, that was a bit of a look ahead in terms of those alternative providers. Um, Don, are there any kind of final insights you can provide about what new offerings we might anticipate Deloitte's, um, you know, legal services practice providing moving forward? I think it's just really getting focused on all the things that we've talked about, Lyle. I do believe uh, data, I, I can't overemphasize the importance of data and data management, understanding data. You know, one of the areas we haven't talked a lot about, I actually meant to bring it up a few minutes ago and talking about the things that we're seeing with COVID, M&A activity, acquisitions, as well as divestitures. There's a tremendous amount of that activity occurring right now. And again, the amount of data that formulates those decisions and then the amount of data specifically to a legal department that has to be assessed and understood what stays, what goes, what are we getting from uh, who we might be acquiring as the advent of data, both internal and external data becomes more and more important, uh, which it will only continue to do so. I believe the ability to understand that data, use artificial intelligence and algorithms to really um, understand the outcomes of that data, that's something where legal departments are going to have to become more and more focused. I do believe you will see legal departments start to bring in data scientists that are focused on legal issues in regards to the information and the data that they're facing, and many already are, or they're looking to service providers like Deloitte where we can bring data scientists into the mix. And we certainly have many, many data scientists uh, that do a lot of different uh, tasks for our clients. And I think we're going to see that here for our legal department's clients, where we can bring our data science uh, expertise to bear. Looking at risk, uh, COVID-19 has exposed a lot of people to risks that perhaps they weren't thinking of before. How can we use uh, technology and data science to look at the information across our internal organization, our third parties, our extended enterprise, and better assess all of those inputs and those signals to assess risk. That's directly important to the legal department because as they advise the organization as a whole around risks, the better they can understand data, uh, the better information they can give and the better decisions that they can make. So I believe Deloitte will be a big part of that, but I think legal departments themselves will also begin to take advantage of that uh, and even take advantage of data science from other parts of their organization, uh, much like marketing departments and sales departments and other business departments already have. So it'll be a lot of fun to see how this transpires. And I think that, uh, as I said before, COVID has accelerated it and it's, it's here to stay and should only get more interesting as time goes on. 
Well, yeah, let's definitely keep in touch as these trends continue. Um, Don, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Lyle. It was great to be here. I appreciate the time. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Please be sure to rate and review the Legal Rebels podcast on your favorite podcast listening service. I'm your host, Lyle Moran, signing off. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalRebels.com, LegalTalkNetwork.com, subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find both the ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free apps from ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.